On this episode of Star Wars Time Show, the dudes are closing out 2019 with a discussion on Team Skywalker. Yes, they are screwed up more so than ever. They'll also be rounding out the talks on The Mandalorian because the show is over. Season 1 has gone to bed. So they'll be talking about the eggs, the top moments, and speculating on what may happen in Season 2 thanks to that awesome cliffhanger. Of course, they're also going to round out their own year in Star Wars as well as for Star Wars time. And because it is Star Wars time, they're going to round out with a massive look at all of the Instagram artists that use our hashtag, Star Wars Time Show. Do it! Someone fire the announcer. He is an asshole. Anyways, we are here. It's Matt and Nick. It is New Year's Eve 2019. Yes, we are that big of a Star Wars duo. We're sitting down to do the final Star Wars time show of the year on the last day of the year. What do you know? We're just we're, we're awesome like that, Nick. So we got a few things to talk about, a few things to reminisce about. So let's get right into it. Starting with, like that idiot said, Team Skywalker. We, we've got some little news nuggets popping up. One around Anakin that's caused a little controversy in the fandom. And another one that is a rumor uh, pointing towards a series on the horizon for Disney+. Plus. So let's talk about our buddy, the Sand Hater. Yes, Mr. Sand Hater, Mr. Whiny, lovey boy, Anakin Skywalker. Look, you know, Anakin Skywalker is one of these characters that's always just been kind of a mystery to Star Wars fans everywhere. Like, nobody knows how he's born. George Lucas has never intended for people to know how he was conceived. But a couple of years ago, there was a comic book that came out, Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith. And then the uh, in the wrap-up of that run, Charles Soule um, seemingly revealed how Anakin was was brought to life, that, that he was a creation of none other than Emperor Palpatine himself. <clears throat> and the way that this was revealed was through a journey that, that, you know, Vader was taking through the world between worlds. and Which was canonized in, in Rebels last yes. season. It's essentially a way for Force users to trip on the Force so much so that they can essentially travel in uh, between time periods. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was it's one of those things that like every other, you know, major sci fi property has had time travel in it. So why not Star Wars? Why not give Star Wars a way to travel through time? Uh, and their way of doing it, like Matt said, was through the world between worlds. And in Rebels, like you mentioned, we saw Ezra go through the world between worlds to save Ahsoka from her battle uh, with Darth Vader that happened a couple of seasons earlier. And, you know, in this circumstance, you know, Anakin finds out his parentage through it. And we thought everybody who read that comic at the end of 2018 thought like, bam, there we go. Now we know what we had always suspected that Palpatine is Anakin's right. father. It was, it was a kind of a huge deal in the fandom, at least. And, you know, me and you being scholars, we definitely didn't go research it in full because if I did, I'd be like, yeah. When when I when this controversy just started a few days ago, Nick, I was like, you know what? Let me actually go look into this a bit. And if you do look at how it is written, you know what you know about the world between worlds. 
as well as some other arcs, I believe in Clone Wars, right? The Mortis arc where Anakin yes. somewhat trips on the Force again, and he's having visions of this and that, and we, we knew it was visions, but he didn't. So the, the argument now, especially who, who's the guy that came out and essentially like, no, listen. Oh, so yeah, Matt Martin, Matt, right? Matt Martin, yeah. He is a yeah. Lucasfilm Story Group you know, guy. He, he works for Lucasfilm, and he came out and said, this was not what we intended with this comic. Anakin's father is not Emperor Palpatine. Um, so even though this comic kind of states that, that is not the intended message of the comic. You, right, and then Sule is, just, you know, he came back. He's like, oh, yeah, no, that dude's right. You guys are all stupid. Ha, 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 it's art form. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he closed out his tweet. Charles Sule, the writer, yeah, said, the dark side is not a reliable right. narrator. So, like, uh, so what do you think? I mean, I, I honestly, I'm not going to get all up in arms over it. I, I don't give a flying shit. Quite frankly, I hated the idea anyways that this w- would have been canon. I, I never liked the fact that it was Palpatine doing his voodoo shit on Shmi. Um, this is the one thing I did like George did in the prequels, essentially making Anakin a force Jesus. And I'm good with that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it was always George's intention <laughs> to not have this thing you know, not have this this origin story told to to keep Anakin's, you know, birth and 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 life as mysterious as possible. I guess you would say. Um, and even though you know you could say that there were hints if you you know you watch episode three and there's hints towards being able to create life through the Force and everything like that. E- even though that those were there, I don't feel like you needed to to go ahead and establish that. Oh nope. Palpatine's right. his father. I, I I do like that it's just open still, but it is kind of weird the timing of it all. Well, like, you know <laughs> why, dude? I mean, I was just gonna say yeah. it. That Ray Palpatine ruined this. Oh yeah, I mean, now you could you know if if this was not cleared up, if people were just led to believe or they just left it be that Anakin's father is Palpatine, then then there is a direct you know link of between course. Anakin and Ray. So, I, I mean, dude, I was even thinking it when, when it, you know, obviously when the reveals made in Tross, I was like, huh, is that shit really for real? Because now things get kind of hillbilly-ish, you know, yeah, like no, white, it, white it, trashy Skywalker Palpatine living in the backwoods of uh, Tatooine, you know? Yeah, I mean, I even, I think I brought it up just in our Slack chat while we were, um, you know, while we were away for, for the holidays, I was like, hey, man, if you think about this, like, Vader is, you know, if Vader is Palpatine's son and then, and you know, Rey is Palpatine's granddaughter, then you have this whole, it's literally like a giant familial circle. Like, it does. It gets very fucking complicated. It's and getting I'm, weird. Yeah. Like, I'm glad that we have moved away from it because, you know, whether, you know, whether she is an ancestral Skywalker or not, we don't need to worry about that. Like she has, you know, Ray is who she is. And yeah, then Anakin good. is, if she wants to call herself Skywalker who gives a shit. Yeah. Now I mean, we know she's got the, the, the Royal force blood, if you will, for all those people that had hated it or didn't think she could be that powerful without it. So you got that. Yeah. I'll just let her pick her last name. Who gives a shit? But yeah, I, know. I, I'm glad this is, Cleared up. I also understand why the comic people, like the intern, was really pissed. He's the one that sent this to me. I mean, because he's a big comic guy, and he's like, "Man, this fucking bullshit." And and I get like how I I don't know. I mean, sometimes I I like art that is left fairly open and for the viewer reader to interpret. 
other times, especially when it comes to my lore, Star Wars lore in particular, I do like definitive shit, especially in this yeah. case. I mean, this is some pretty uh, major characters within the universe, so uh, it sucks that it's coming out two years later. And like, oh, hey, yeah, by the way, you guys, you should have saw this, blah, blah, blah. It's been established if you're in the world between worlds and Anakin has had force visions before and the dark side can fuck with you, this, that, and the other thing. Yeah, everything they say justifies the end here. Yes, yes. Uh, but I, <clears throat> I guess as a... As a fan of the comic or of that thread, I mean, just because you and I think it's dumb doesn't mean other people didn't like it. I could see where they're, they're a little like, man, that's kind of convenient. Fuck you. Yeah. And it's also, I mean, for us, I know one thing that we said when this first dropped was like, man, this is not the place to drop Anakin's origin. Like, if you're going to no, reveal yeah, exactly. Ar- Anakin's parentage, his father, how he was created, like, you don't do it in a comic book. I mean, the comic books are great. And, you know, I recently just bought the first Rise of Kylo Ren comic, and I'm going to read it soon. You did um, it. Good. You did it. I did I, it. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fucking liar. I'm I such did. a loser. Because I, I was like, I was like, all right, I'm going to be on two flights. I'm flying home, and then I'm You didn't back. read it, though, right? I didn't read it yet. There you go. You, you <laughs> but, failed, too. So shut but up. I you fucking it, failed, so too. <laughs> I will say by the oh, next. Oh, my God. We suck. <laughs> By the next Star Wars time show, I will have read the comic. Yeah, and your ass you, is itchy. You, you will. <laughs> There's no fucking way. I will. I will do a uh, a short write up on it, and we will go through, and I'll, I'll give you my opinions on. I don't the know what it is, man. I have like an aversion to reading Star Wars. I even bought myself the Trust Visual Dictionary just to get some lore and, and potentially create content out of it and i can't even fucking open the book you're like man i forgot how to read this yeah it, sh- it showed up i looked at it i was like oh ooh, pictures oh words fuck this and put it's it right like, it's like sitting on my exercise bike right now <laughs> oh, i do plan shit. on getting the trust visual because apparently there's a lot of good shit in there, that's so. what i mean I, yeah. I i'm pretty sure the maz canada <laughs> reveals in there too but i'm yeah. too fucking stupid to find it but yes, I will. I will commit now <laughs> that we will have a, oh, a discussion on Rise of Kylo Ren episode the, the or level season of ineptitude <laughs> with our with Star Wars literature over here is ridiculous. I know it's like it's so crazy because I used to read all of the novels. I know, dude. You're like, I mean, you're telling me you're writing like fan fiction now. You can't did, even fucking yeah. read a comic book that's I guaranteed can't. to be awesome. I know it's crazy. I don't know what happened when they rebooted Canon. Uh, I was like, man, now I got to start all over again. It. Where do I start? Yeah. That was that was a kick in the nuts. Like, but like Luke, he cut himself off from the book force. I did. I did. Speaking of Luke, moving on, we got a a rumor here for the Kenobi series. Right, everyone knows we're getting a Kenobi series on Disney Plus. Thank God, and it's going to be from Deborah Chow, which is uh, even more amazing now after seeing what she did with the Mandalorian. But anyways. There's a, a hot rumor coming out from this guy, Daniel RPK. I've seen him on the leak circuit. Uh, apparently, he's big enough to, to have himself a, a Patreon to fucking charge people to read his supposed leaks and whatnot. So, uh, also, the word on the street, he's, he's hit or miss here. So, who knows? Uh, I, I, would, I would give him uh, way less validity than we would to MSW or someone like that. But anyways... <clears throat> he's claiming there's a casting call out for a young Luke for this Kenobi series. And I'm kind of like, well, yeah, no shit, but all right, cool. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Can you consider this a leak? I mean, it is a logical thought 
that could be associated with the uh, the Obi series. I, I just I figured, how could you not have a young Luke? I mean, shit, they had a young Luke in Star Wars Rebels. I mean, it, it's it just makes sense. Yeah, like he's literally holding. I think he's a, even as I put in the post here on StarWarsTime.net, where you know everyone they go there every day. Nick, StarWarsTime.net. If you're a Star yeah. Wars fan, bookmark it. Uh, but I even put in. I mean, just based on conversations you hear in A New Hope. It's established that old Ben was interacting with the Lars Homestead uh, on occasion. It's not yeah. like Luke when he when he meets there, it meets him there and whatever Dune C or whatever after he got knocked out. That's not the first time Luke met Kenobi. No, of course not. Like Luke had known about him. Luke, you know, I, I think yeah they, they had call a him old Ben. About, I mean, you yeah, know. they had a you know that's the crazy old guy who lives out. Yeah, of the, the hermit. Place. Like yeah, I mean, it's not like. This this whole relationship between Luke and and Ben Obi Wan was just established in Episode Four. I mean, like it was literally this man's shot. You saw him hand the kid over to Lars and Baru or, or Owen and Baru at the end of Episode Three. So the the aunt and uncle, Luke's aunt and uncle, already knew that Obi Wan yeah. was a Jedi. They knew that he was going to be checking in on them and and they probably established some sort of relationship with Luke and Ben at a very young age. So I mean it's it's And apparently surprising. that's what we're going to see. We're going to see the from what I've read, I think there's some more information today. Apparently it'll Luke will be used in a way to where it's going to be Ben's first introduction to him after he dropped him off as a baby. See, that's going to be really cool and I I know this is going to be something like Mando was huge. People love Mando. I mean, what a, what a fucking home run, dude. Yeah. But like, I mean, holy hell. This series, I feel like we're in an area where Kenobi, the Kenobi series potential and it's only going to be one a limited run, that's the sad thing, but it it could it could honestly blow the Mandalorian out of the pond and look oh, yeah. how fucking epic the Mandalorian was. Oh yeah, I mean because like, of how closely it is tied to Skywalker. Yeah, it's so integral to the stories that are being told after episode 3 and like pro, you know, leading into episode 4 that like if this show is executed properly and it does kind of suck that we're only getting a, a limited run of this, but like this you never know, be... man. Money, money talks, and unless they get too bold with the timeline, there is there are many, many years of stories to tell for old oh, yeah. Ben. Exactly. Like you could look with aging and de aging technology now through digital effects. Like you can use you and the whole way through, basically. And I, I just think that like you, you fine, you do first season, but you got to bring it back. I mean, we've it, already I, seen. I mean, what's the I. I is it a funding thing? Is it Ewan doesn't want to degrade himself by doing being a regular on a TV series? I don't know. But like I said, you would think if they get all the adulation that people like Pedro and uh, Gina and, and all the, the cast of Amanda are getting, you'd think just as humans, they'd be like, oh, fuck, give me more of that. Give me more. Yeah, season two. Yeah, I mean, I don't see – I don't think that we don't, we're, like, functioning in a same media uh, – like, media – era that we were prior to where like if you're a tv star then you couldn't be in movies if you're a movie star you would well, never i know that's TV. why we were like, making fun of our buddy boyega who's already snubbing disney plus like hey i ain't doing yeah. that shit i'm fucking I mean, john boyega i mean look at fucking adam driver like adam driver just puts out trust which is gonna make it's already made 750 million plus 
right. in the first two weeks. Dropping I mean, Golden Globe performances on Netflix. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's got he's shit on Netflix Amazon movies. Prime. Like, he's doing direct the fucking streaming movies. Yeah. I mean, you can't, so you can't say that, like, oh, well, now I'm only doing big budget blockbusters because I was in Star Wars and then I was in Pacific Rim. Like, it's ridiculous. So I don't know what it is with, you know, because I, from what I can remember, Ewan thought that this was or initially going to be a movie. He was like, "Oh, that's, oh no, that was that's that's legit." That, that yeah. Kenobi was going down, and then obviously the grenades started blowing up around TLJ, and here we are. Yeah, so maybe he was just like, you know, all right, well, I'll do the series since it's already kind of slated, and we've already, you know, I don't know if they basically just took the script and chopped it up or if they kind of used the script of the movie as the basis for what the show is. Right. Um, but hopefully after, after season one, if there's a lot of content to be told, depending on how it ends, you know, Ewan will come back and Disney would be willing to, to do another run at it. But, um, I just, I mean, I, I, at this point it's six, right? They said six. And if they're doing Mando length, I mean, that's not a lot. You're talking, we're looking at maybe a three and a half hour long movie. Yeah. Which is what, Tross should have been. So. No shit, dude. I mean, come on, guys. I, I just there's something on Star Wars leaks today because I can go back on it where um, Terio is essentially expressing his frustration that they weren't allowed to make this two films. Yeah, I mean I, that's what or I, but then the authors like you know how we were. Well, why not just at least try a three hour movie at least? Yeah, I mean I. I saw. I've seen the movie four times now. I've seen Tross. <laughs> oh man, you got me by one. I, I still need my IMAX viewing. That's the one format I'm missing so far. Yeah, it's it's actually kind of hard for me to find IMAX around here because there's only two theaters that have IMAX screens, and they're do they have like real them. IMAX then? Because up here AMC they have they call it IMAX, but it's not the uh, official, official super yeah. duper IMAX. There is a difference, is what I'm saying. So no, yeah, all we have is AMC, and I think there's one, okay. there's one Regal Galaxy. It's called. It has an IMAX screen. I don't know if it's the official one though. I mean, but they're like, still fucking big screens, but yeah, they're huge screens. But like every time I've seen it, so I saw it twice alone, and I saw it twice with people. Everybody that I've seen it with really enjoyed it. Like. There was a very distinct difference between the reception that the people that I saw, because I saw it with the same group of people right? Uh, for TLJ and for Tross. Like, it seemed like the people I saw it with liked Tross more, and they, are, they were also like, man, I'm glad you told me that it moves fast in the beginning because I would have been thrown off by that. Because I told, I didn't tell. Oh yeah, you you, about the you have to warn people. You have to be like, all right, get ready. Here it comes. It is yeah. going to smack you in the face. So, but all of them were like, man, if this movie was like 30, 35 longer, it would have been like even better. And that's what I told them. I was like, yeah, you're right. I mean, 35 minutes. If you make this end game length and this movie is. It'd been perfection, probably. Yeah. It probably would have been damn near Star Wars perfection. A, a yeah. true empire killer, probably. Yeah, it, it would have been absolutely just out of the water, 100%. My, my dad came out of it like fucking uh, he was he was like on cocaine almost and he's like Ooh, that was awesome I that's mean, my favorite movie bah. charlie charlie passed out right when ray channeled the jedi to win i was like you gotta be fucking really? kidding me. it's like not now kid well, it's a lot it's a long she is she's yeah. never watched a you know a two, two hour now. plus yeah in a theater so it, it, i think that's like the 210 mark and she was tapped out she's like oh, fucking done she's 
She ju- but I did record her watching the very beginning where uh, you first introduced the Ray and Leia, and then the, yeah. both times you could just see her face light up. But the most for Leia, still. Yeah. She's she like, loved- is that Leia? Yes. Said, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's the last time you'll see her, little girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I definitely need to hit one more time, maybe tomorrow if I'm not too hungover. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I want to try one more because I need to get my girlfriend – um just caught up on tlj once that's done then we can i'll i'll see if i can get her to go watch tross the good thing about it is that we have the regal unlimited so we don't have to pay for the tickets so that's what i'm talking about that's what i mean so it's great. damn it nick's up on me i gotta go i definitely gotta get <laughs> one more in this week so all right uh moving on from young luke so hopefully that happens i i didn't really think it wouldn't happen but i guess they're they're trying to find an actor which is just fun to speculate on so jake lloyd here coming back <laughs> yeah <laughs> cracked that out jake lloyd is he even alive i don't know dude. last I, time i saw he was in prison but yeah it's like a mugshot i mean he looks like a criminal i mean yeah. straight up like a criminal that poor kid <laughs> speaking of criminals moving on to the mandalorian episode eight Oh, go ahead, Nick. I'm dying here. Episode eight, redemption. So, <coughs> as you know, Matt and Matt watches the episodes. He watches them. He puts together the Easter eggs and Star Wars franchise references from the show. And this week we got quite a bit. I mean, this was we got 13 on the list here, and they were all pretty solid from from Matt's end. And I have to say that. You know, just in general for this episode, for me, I, I loved it and I loved what it sets up. Like, there's a lot of good shit coming in Holy season shit, two. Dude. But can you, the, am I alive? You're alive. Uh, all right, here he is. I might Matt's have to back. mute again. I don't know. What, I've got one of those things where it's just like ah. He's got the he's got the drip, the back of the throat Ooh. drip. <coughs> oh shit! <laughs> yeah. But, so yeah, it was. A, I mean, a hell of a finale. Didn't I, quite go where I thought in terms of the cliffhanger. But boy, what a cliffhanger. So uh, before we get there, obviously, as Nick said, we're going to get into some of the Easter eggs. And there, there are some good ones in there. Yeah, there's Damn a, there's a I'm few I'm struggling. Go ahead. Yeah, there's a, there's a few good ones in here. I'm going to kind of go down the list and just rattle off some of the ones that are on here. And we, we might hang on some of the, the bigger ones or the cooler ones. So number one, we have a – Trooper target practice, duh. So, yeah, people get uh, That scene was just great, though, the way that was <laughs> scripted. I think that was Sudeikis and someone else, but. Yeah, dude, that was, it was, I don't know who the second person was, but Jason Sudeikis nailed that, like, you know. Yeah, just how brutal they are beating the little baby. Yeah, and then like just punching how, baby Yoda. <laughs> but the, the, the target practice was just fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And then um, E-Web Cannon, so. That's the thing that Moff Gideon references. He's like, oh, if you – like, I, one, I love Moff Gideon's character, the, like the intelligence. He's great, dude. I mean, like Jean Carlo is a Mac Daddy, and, I mean, we all knew he was from Breaking Bad, but yeah, he's a, he's a fantastic villain. Yeah, and then – so third up is we got some confirmations on a lot of characters, a lot of things that we've heard, maybe in leaks, maybe in rumors, stuff like that. So Cara Dune – um is from alderaan that is that that was cool i I really i I don't know if that i'm sure they can take that places if they want to and i'm i'm sure that's why they did it but that was a nice surprise 
It is. I mean, that kind of links her. You can set up even more tangential Hell links yeah, to dude. other big characters. So that was a cool, cool move. Mando's name is Din Jaren. That's something that like accidentally. Yeah, we we Pedro fucking we, we had that weeks ago, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pe- Pedro said that. Let that slip on a fucking TV guide interview. Um, Siege of Mandalore and the Night of a Thousand Tears. So that's basically the the purging of the Mandalorian young. Um, so this was all came from Moff Gideon's. Yeah, those are all nods to the animated series. I mean, you we've seen it all season long, but th- this episode in particular, man, that they really draw strong lines right to the Clone Wars and Rebels. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, direct. Direct. I mean, this was Taika Waititi's episode, and he fucking killed it, but you can tell... That that Filoni and Favreau are deeply embedded into the every oh, yeah. episode of this series. Like they don't, they're not doing like story group shit where they just kind of like, oh well, what do you need to know? We can give you information on this. Just don't fuck this up, and then do whatever you want. Like Favreau and Filoni are are, are really putting guardrails and guiding this series along in a strong yeah, I mean, direction. These are like just straight up new references, but also old references to events that have happened in Clone Wars and Rebels. Yeah. So th- I really like that whole scene with the introduction of Moff Gideon and everything right. like that. Mind Flayer mentioned to me, because I'm like a, a nerd that I know like Dungeons and Dragons stuff, my mind went there. But Matt caught the actual Star Wars reference, which is Borgullet. From I actually, Rogue One. you're you're very astute though. I did mention Stranger Things and D and D. Yeah, is where so. it comes from. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Star Wars version is the Borgali. Borgali. Borgullet will yeah, find there you the go. truth. <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> what the oh, fuck man. was that? I love. That was just so funny. I'm Number glad five was fucking that. huge, dude. Yes. The fact that. Death Watch, or at least guaranteed the Vizsla clan saved in. Yeah. I mean, come on. That is <laughs> fucking that is, amazing. I mean, it, pr- fucking Pre Vizsla himself could have been there. Yeah. I mean, and uh, I mean, th- it just sets up, again, with this character, the way that they're drawing these parallels, like you mentioned, to Clone Wars, to Rebels, to all of these different properties that are already established. Like, it now opens the door even wider to a ton of great lore that can be explored further in season two. I mean, it, it's fantastic that that Filoni and Favreau are not shying away from the things that, are, that have already been established. And this is another one where it was just like fucking knockout. When great. I saw those, when I saw the color, because you couldn't see the guy's color at first because of how bright the background was. But when it came into focus and I saw his pauldron, I was like, hold on, hold the fuck on. <laughs> This is a motherfucking Death Watch coming down and saving this dude, which may explain now why the Visla dude gave him such a hard time, but it could yeah. also set up events based on the fucking cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Dark Saber of- was from the Visla clan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Dark Saber sat. Is with it Tar? The is, is, do you say Tar Visla or Tear Visla? I said tear, but I could be tar. <laughs> I don't know either. I just know it's T A R R E. He's the he's the first Mando Jedi that forged a motherfucker. I mean, it's I I just love the direction now. I mean, like this is if if you watch the animated if you haven't watched the animated series, I should say watch them now because there's oh a God. ton of great shit that's gonna give even more context. I just into well Mando. at this point, Nick, I feel like even for people like me, I, I've done two full watches of Clone Wars. 
Yeah. I feel now I have to do a third because of what Mandalorian season one has done. Yeah. I mean, at least go back and like watch the, the death watch arc, watch the Mandalorian. It's, it's mandatory at this like point. Yeah. I mean, you have to, they're drawing from those narratives so heavily. Now you have to know that stuff. If you're serious about being a super fan of the Mandalorian. It is. It's it's necessary. And, and like, look, when when Dave Filoni was put essentially as the number two, like number one slash number two on this show, it was everybody's hope who had watched the animated series that that he would be able to put this kind of material in there. And he's he made it happen like he made it happen so much that, that he basically has made the Mandalorian a pseudo follow-up series to clone wars and rebels like this is like you can yeah. almost look at this as like a sequel to those two fuck it, fucking series. a it is it's the so, live action sequel i mean it's just it's i don't think it's ever been done before yeah i mean it's perfectly executed so far so next up we got gideon is a former isb agent so uh it, imperial security it was just good hero. good backstory it's like okay now now we know how he knows all this shit i like that the incinerator trooper he just looked fucking rad one of my favorite mm-hmm. troopers obviously getting his helmet removed i i didn't think that happened season one but I, i'm glad it did it was a fucking fantastic moment it and was one i'm sure yeah. we'll riff on during top moments uh the jedi being mentioned i yeah. i, I a great, another great just fucking idea. Like, oh, yes. We're not going to go look for little Yoda people. We're going to go find fucking Jedi. Yeah. It's those, like, oh. those evil sorcerers. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's like sorcerers and all. The, the way they talked about him was clearly like nobody really know at that point i mean it's been well she was talking about dude they they canonized the old republic era at this point they canonized kotor the game yeah yeah I they mean, did i mean they, they talked about the mandalorian or mandalore the great's war with the yeah. jedi sorcerers yep mandalore <laughs> that's Wars. exactly what it was i mean revan's fucking canon it's i mean it's just it's thanks to the mandalorian just just through a casual conversation too that is the best part yeah, you didn't need to go into some long explanation no. or bring up. It's just little things like that can now bring. Yeah, it, right. It opens the doors. It opens the doors for other information from those eras to come in. Right there, the armor in just a few sentences is like, oh, yeah, all that shit from KOTOR, that's that's legit. The Mandalorian Wars, that was legit. Yep, the Jedi Sorcerers, they were good warriors and they kicked their ass. It's legit. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just fantastic stuff. Yeah, and then the callback to the mudhorn that was great. Yeah, I like that. Lava he, River, that was yeah, a good catch. Stretch, getting stretchy there. Yeah, but those, hey, those ones, yeah. it's like, hey, you got to right. I mean, why not? It it, it works. It works. The, the Mecca R too is like, <laughs> I, and it has become kind of iconic because I'm I'm seeing memes of it now and, uh, but I, I just like I know I've seen this before and there are if you if you search Mecca R two there are very similar fan arts from years ago that look like that the. Uh, the skiff master wow i never knew that that was like in the fan art kind oh of yeah zeitgeist yeah I, I i mean there's like r2 as hulkbuster i mean there's all sorts of arnold oh, yeah. arnold <laughs> d2 schwarzeneggers out there <laughs> all right yeah that's pretty sad. i i like seeing that too because it's like you you look at it and you're like oh it's just an r2 unit how is this like the how is this gonna row them down the fucking thing and then- <laughs> yeah that's so cool I just fucking, it. just all the little production value bits, too, of this show. My God. And then, yeah. obviously, dude, the Darksaber. So, 
let's not get there yet. Let's do what we do and just kind of now reboot, go back to the top of the episode and just kind of go through some of our top moments just to recount them and maybe speculate on some things that we were thinking when we saw them. So uh, we talked about this one a little bit, but that opening scene with the scout troopers could be the greatest (laughs) stormtrooper scene in all of Star Wars, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, this is the only, you know, outside of a few scenes in other movies where, you know. Never really. I mean, in the movies, at least. In I A&H, can't... like in A New Hope, you had one, the one scene with Ben and he's yeah. sitting there. And yeah, that's they're talking, it. but that was it. I mean, other than that, you didn't really have too much. Um, but yeah, this is like top stormtrooper moments. Right. Of all time. It, it, does, it almost makes them feel weird because you're like, wait, these things shouldn't be talking. They're almost robotic. Yeah, so I think that was the genius of the way. Uh, I don't know if Taika wrote it or the way he directed it, but you you could there was Taika all over that scene. Oh yeah, dude! Like Taika Waititi definitely has like a signature style of directing and writing, and you know, in, injecting humor into his material. If you've seen Thor Ragnarok, obviously. If you've seen what we do in the shadows, whether it's the TV show or the movie. Um, he's fantastic at this kind of dialogue. And that was, it just like, it, I think it, it serves. I mean, he made a scene about dudes beating a baby funny. And that's, <laughs> that's his sense of humor. I mean, go see Jojo Rabbit to see Taika perfected of, I mean, he makes a, a movie about Hitler and Nazism funny, even though it's a, <laughs> a horrible, horrible subject matter. Yeah, yeah. But that's I mean, how he rolls, and that's what he was doing in this scene. I mean, they were beating a baby. It's so fucked, but it was also <laughs> so funny. Like, it, it was so funny, dude. And not ever would I think, oh, man, somebody's going to punch Baby Yoda, and it's going to be funny. But it was. Like, he, he pulled that <laughs> off. <laughs> like, he pulled you, that off. You were fucking demented. No, it really was funny. <laughs> um, all right, from there, another one. Obviously, we, we talked about bits of it, but... Uh, the full flashback was finally revealed, and I just want to say, Nick, that is how you do. That is how you reveal a season-long story arc, just like that. Yeah, you get yeah. you got it. You got some quick shots early on, like episode one and three, and then it was taken away, and then bam! Before the season's over, you get the whole picture painted, and it just I loved how they rolled it out that way, and it wasn't every episode. It's like oh, it's it's flashback time. No, yeah, you, they came you, in important parts. Yeah, and I loved I loved how this one finally got paid off in full. And I, we all knew it was going to be Mandalorian saving them, but my God, the fact that it was uh, Death Watch, if anything, the Clan Visla that saved them. That just, as we've said, going through the eggs, it, it opens up so many new avenues of storytelling. Yeah, absolutely, and I mean, this is going to allow the show to to thrive even more in season two. I mean, you could have had a solid season two without setting that up with, you know, just, just leaving him as like, you know, him and the child and then, you know, Kara and, and grief. And they just have to make their way. That could have been a good season two. But then when you throw in this, this whole new curveball, it, it opens up your world even wider. So it was a fantastic idea by Filoni to, to add this in. Yeah, it is amazing. So I can't wait to see where it goes, and I know it's it's gonna play into the dark saber, which we're gonna get to. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Okay, IG 11s save, and then subsequent fucking spear bike raid into town. Dude, like uh, <laughs> what? 
What? It was so good. Because at the end, I mean, like, you knew that IG-11 was now, what it, essentially he calls himself a nurse droid. Yeah. But then also <laughs> you didn't, like, when you find that out, you're like, oh, I guess he just doesn't have any combat programming anymore. He's like, no, if his, if his yeah. you know, charge is in, in danger, he's going to kill everybody around it. So, I mean, he, first off, he, he literally uh, breaks the scout troopers in half. I mean, just, just bludgeons them down melee style. And then when he gets on the bike and straps the little guy to his chest, I mean, first off, the faces little baby Yoda w- w- was making during oh, all yeah. this carnage was just fantastic. Oh, yeah, dude. I yeah, mean, so. his nurse droid is literally murdering <laughs> platoons of scout troopers and stormtroopers, and the little guy's just sitting there like he's on a, a roller coaster ride. Just laughing. I, I, like, that remind like, I saw that, and it reminded me of something, but I could not fucking remember what it was. Like... There's a there was a scene in something that was like that that that's like you know a ride and there's a kid on it but I can't remember what it was but it was I, really it good. just it, I mean the arc of IG11 in this season was just awesome we, we had that that awesome introduction in episode one the reintroduction in seven where we learned that he was remade yep <coughs> it was you know touching with the Kuil stuff and then. All the stuff he did in this episode. I mean, fantastic character. Just yeah, a, another fantastic character from The Mandalorian. Just season one, my friends. Just season one. Beautiful. Uh, another one, obviously, the uh, armorer and her signet moment, but just the way she explained the mission, and we got more of the Mandalorian culture as well as learning that, you know, it is a creed. It, is not a, it doesn't matter yeah. where you're born. Anyone it's can be Mandalorian. It's a creed. Yes. Right. But uh, I loved how she set up the mission, essentially saying, like, listen, he, he is a foundling now. Yep. He's too weak to be trained. Therefore, you're his fucking daddy until you find his own kind that can train him. Yeah. Like, she basically told him. Go know, find Jedi. Yeah. This is what you have to do. This is the way. And, I mean, that, and then also, like. The follow-up scene with the armor just fucking wrecking all of those stormtroopers oh, yeah, with yeah. just a hammer and her her clamps. Yeah, I'm glad tongs. that they didn't. She didn't go out in the blaze of glory. Like, I'm glad they showed that. Yes, yeah, this lady. This is why she's the leader. Yeah. Uh, but she'll be back. I mean, there's no yeah, doubt the armor's back. back. I mean, uh, and I, you know, giving him the. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but. Um. Obviously, uh, the jetpack, you know, the, yes. <laughs> what'd you call it? Rising Phoenix? Rising Phoenix, yes. The Rising Phoenix jetpack. I mean, and I love how she said, like, you don't know how to use it yet, but, you know, you'll, you'll it, She essentially it. said it, it'll speak to you or become one with you almost. Yeah. It's almost like the Mandalorians have a force connection to their weaponry and armor. Yeah, it is. It's like a deep-seated connection to their, you know... The, the, I mean, he did say that it was training. part of his religion, right? When he was fucking with the Jawas in episode two, so. Yeah, Beskar. Beskar, they're like, no, you, he's like, you can't have the Beskar. It's, it is a part of my, yeah, my religion, my creed, my being. Like, you can't have it. So, yeah, I thought that was really cool. Um, you know, that, that helmet moment, obviously, was yes, big. Helmet. Like how they kind of worked around the, the Mandalorian creed there. By, yeah, I'm not I, a living thing. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. But j- like I said about IG-11, though, what, what an arc for that character. Starts out as a baby murderer, reprogrammed into a baby protector, and then ultimately became the protector of all of his friends. 
yeah, uh, that savior. he made in season one. I mean, it was just it was a fantastic moment, and we finally got to see him pop off his thermal detonator. Yeah, I th- it's funny too because if you go back and listen to our our episode one breakdown, we're like, oh man, well, I guess this is the end of IG Eleven. Like he just gets wasted in the first episode, but uh, you know he was used to good effect. And then oh, that's why we're not writers the on the Mandalorian, the Nick. You and I, we'd be like, well, fuck, we just killed another major character. I guess he's gone forever. Yeah, we forget that. You <laughs> Got to move write on things back to life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, especially in Star Wars. So yeah, I mean, his like we have been saying, his arc was fantastic. It, it just it was great. It was really good. I mean, it was a very touching end. Uh, now getting closer to the end, you had to love the Mando jetpack fight. I mean, we knew it was coming from a trailer, but watching it play out and how he essentially just sat there and played chicken with Gideon. Yeah. And then you know strapped himself on there, and then eventually got some charges onto a wing, but. Boom. My God, are these two going to be fun to watch duel each other? Yeah, I, I like Gideon is the perfect foil to the Mandalorian because of how intelligent he is. Like you can tell the way that they set up that character in the beginning with the speech and all the information that he provided about all three of them. You know, um, actually f- four of them. Um, yeah, he knew about he, grief too. He I mean, knew like, about grief. His he, ISB connections definitely are paying off for this yeah. new type of uh, warlord uh, role. Yeah, and it seems like he's going to have a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of materials, a lot of resources at his, oh, yeah. you know, ready. So he's not going to be hurting, even though his TIE fighter went down, and even though he just lost a cadre of troops. Like, he is well, still... I mean, you heard the guys at yeah. the beginning. They're, they're essentially, they were afraid to go into town because of how crazy Gideon is. Yeah, he's like... They like the guys are on the radio, like, oh, yeah, he just killed somebody for, you know, dropping something. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah, like, just killed some more people. <laughs> just killed a whole squad of his own troops i mean right. yeah and the one's like what does he want with it is he gonna eat it he's just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, gideon's definitely uh he rules with an iron fist and and the galaxy at least in the near vicinity knows about it as well as the imperial remnant so yeah yeah and then fine i mean like you know when you see him cut through uh, before we get there just i i loved how we got a shot of him flying away with Baby Yoda, and it was, it was an exact mirroring of him getting flown off with Death Watch. Yeah, the way it was just they... it was just a cool moment that was a direct visual callback to that scene. But yeah, let's get into it. The fucking dude, the the dark saber reveal. I mean, yeah, it pokes through, and I'm like, at first I was like, yeah, he's gonna fucking cut himself off, cut himself out, and probably shoot these Jawas and just be pissed. But then when it when you actually see that that glowing blade. white yeah. dark blade come through, I just went, "Oh my god, wow. They're going this they're going this way." Yeah. Um and like I had cuz I didn't watch the episode the day it dropped cuz I was still home and they don't have Disney Plus at home and I didn't want to watch it on my TV. I mean on my phone. So I waited until I got home and I at that point somebody had already leaked it. Like I saw the dark saber was in the episode, but I didn't know how it came up like i didn't know where it was i i didn't know if it was the mando who had it or if it was somebody else so when i saw it at the end i was like holy shit he's got it like gideon has the dark saber which leads directly into what we what he was talking about earlier the night of a thousand tears and the the sacking of all the mandalorian children i mean like he basically has shown himself as as the you know 
the Slayer of Mandalorians by holding that blade. And that is going to put... Once Mando finds out he's got that, like the fury with which he is going to go at him is going to be unmatched. Like it's Yeah, I mean, Gideon essentially... Now that he has that blade, we can infer one of two things. He either stole it from Bo-Katan or killed her and took yeah. it. And yeah. and as Nick said, that would more or less make him the conqueror of Mandalore because Rebels, I think a lot of us forget, and, and I do sometimes too, yeah, clearly it ends, it shows us that they win and they, they join the rebellion, but I believe Rebels proper still ends before the Battle of Yavin, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's... So at that point, Mandalore was still occupied. They were still trying to fight back the Imperials. The Imperials had the weapon that Sabine invented that essentially zapped people. And what we can infer now is that Gideon was one of the main people that helped the Empire essentially nearly eradicate uh, the Mandalorian people on Mandalore itself. Yeah, like the actual race of Mandalorians, not the not the credo. Right, you know. he's the reason. We we can infer now that he's one of the main reasons why they are living in sewers scattered across the galaxy. So yes, I mean he is the big bad. He is the the Darth Vader at this point of the Mandalorian. Yeah, uh, it's dead on. But really, what this opens up, Nick, and this can kind of lead into our next discussion. I mean, Favreau's confirmed the show's coming back fall 2020, so just like any normal TV show, it's going to get about a year to cycle out the, the new stuff, which is great. Uh, but there's he also more or less said, like, listen, you're going to start seeing more familiar Star Wars characters now, uh, Skywalker Saga type of characters. And we know what Filoni and John did in Season 1 with the animated stuff. Darksaber is purely from animated. Yeah, that is all animated series. So, so I mean, dude, they could show, they could bring Maul into the series through flashbacks. Yeah, uh, I mean, because at one point in time, Maul had Maul was in possession of the dark saber for a long time. I mean, up until uh, the the era of the rebellion, because he he's the one that took it from Clan Vizsla, pre Vizsla himself. He fucking killed him and and earned it and took over Mandalore. I mean, th- uh, th- there's so many of these animated characters I mean, Sabine that were, Sabine found was one it. that we were yeah like we wanted she's to the one that Sabine gave it to Bo-Katan I mean uh, I guess there were some weird tweets by Ray Park and Sam Witwer that people were like holy shit Maul's gonna be a Mandalorian like live action Maul's coming back and at first I'm going that, that doesn't work timeline wise but it would flashback wise if they care to I guess at least explain to just the Mandalorian watchers how the, important like, the dark saber is yeah. and the history behind it. Exactly. Cause I, I mean, for us, yeah, it's easy for us to tell people listening to this, go watch the animated series. It's all on Disney plus both rebels and clone wars is on there. So you can catch kind of the whole arc of it. Um, but there's like the fact is people aren't going to watch it. So they see this thing. They have no fucking clue right. what it is. Like your casual Mandalorian fan is not going to look up. There's going to be half. There's like, there, there's going to there's a need for exposition in the show itself to to kind of set this blade up a bit for people for just the Mandalorian crowd. Like I you said, you could almost do this. Like if you wanted to kind of get it done in one shot, like get your whole lore around the the dark saber out in one shot. You do it like Lord of the Rings style, like opening of Lord of the Rings. 
Yeah, like a where like they, a five minute sequence, like yeah, where they explain Tar Vizsla, Balalu, Balalu, Pre, blah blah, Darth Maul, blah blah, Sabine, blah blah, Bo Katan, blah blah, Gideon. Yeah, I mean, you could do that whole spiel, and then everybody's caught up immediately, or you can lay it out like you did the flashbacks for the Mandalorian's origin, like you know, right. how did he become a Mando? You you spread them throughout the series. I mean, I one, I think we got the tease of of mall and solo and it was a shame that we're not actually going to get that anymore so to bring him back in whether i don't care if it's in flashbacks i don't care if it's in you know whatever way you have to do it in the mandalorian like bringing this character back especially with this with this plot line now being central to the story of the mandalorian it's almost necessary like you have to bring this guy back in because he's such Maul was such an integral character oh, to the, the history Mandalorian. of Mandalore. Yeah. I mean, he is a major part in it. I mean, he he helps to destroy it essentially. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it's fantastic. And then, like, because of his actions, that's when like Death Watch reincorporates himself back into the Mandalorian way, and that's how they take out Maul, and and that's how right. You know, that's that's why isn't that that's why Bo essentially comes back and yeah yeah and teams up with her sister's side. Yeah, to to they were like, look, you know, we need because Death Watch was like a like a rogue faction of Mandalorians. Like they they they, were, they wanted to, from what I believe, they wanted to remain to the hardcore warrior culture of Mandalore. Yeah, and it was shifting away from it. Like in the Clone Wars TV series, you could see that a lot of it wasn't a warrior culture anymore. Essentially, like the, you, it was a it was a pretty standard style of society. You had farmers you had all like all different walks of life within the the, the mandalorian yeah, they way just, they thought satine was too i don't know like weak you know she wanted to yeah. play in galactic politics too much but and, they were and, the radicals so i mean it, yeah. that's what i mean it's so interesting that death watch it's ties to the visla clan visla's clans ties to the dark saber yeah, Din Djarin's ties to the Visla clan Visla now. Clan I mean, what does yeah. that mean with the dark saber and Gideon's? Like, man, Jesus, these guys know and gals know what they're doing on the Mandalorian. I mean, that's, oh yeah, uh, that is safe to say at this point in time. So, what hell of a first season, man? I don't, I don't, I don't think there's a a single legitimate complaint you can make outside of I just wish they were longer and we had more. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know if they plan on editing the length, like making it slightly longer, 40, 45 for season two. But yeah, I mean, I can't say that there was anything I didn't like about this series. I love The Mandalorian. I wish there were more episodes. I wish there was more, you know, more time in each episode. But other than that, I mean, this thing was an absolute phenomenon for the first yeah live action Star Wars television. Show. It's um it's something Star Wars needed. I, I it's sad that we even have to say that because of all the, the nuts out there and this, that and the other thing. But it, it the fandom needed this type of injection. I'm glad it happened. Uh, I think it they can definitely build some positive things from here, but don't worry that people will still try to tear it down because oh, yeah. we're Star Wars fans <laughs> after all. <laughs> yeah, I mean And we're, speaking we're of being Star Wars fans self flagellating bunch. So Yeah. We uh we're just nailing the segues today, Nick. We we yeah. wanted to you know since it is our last podcast or last show of 2019, who knows when you'll actually be getting it. Uh, at one point in time, I was like, oh, I'm just gonna get it out right away, and I was like, who the fuck cares? Uh, so <laughs> it'll be out sometime, and you'll listen to it. But 
Nick and I just wanted to go over some of our top Star Wars moments of the year. You know, things that as fans we love, but also maybe things that happen in our own personal lives as Star Wars fans that we love. So uh, we, we share quite a few of them. So I'm going to go ahead and let Nick kick off the countdown here. Yeah. So my and a lot of mine are, you know, personal, a lot of, you know, based off of things that I like or things that I did. So attending my first ever Star Wars celebration this year with Matt and Tell and, you know, our, our girlfriends and our families there. Ryan, the intern there. I mean, I, it was an incredible experience from the day I got there to the day we left. I mean, just hanging out with you guys, getting to go to the convention. You guys were able to sit down and watch the Tross reveal. I was able, we were all able to sit in on the Mandalorian press conference. I mean, just the experience itself was was fantastic. Even, you know, me getting... A Mandalorian tattoo, like the, you know, the Mythosaur tattoo at the convention was another fantastic experience. All around, my time at Star Wars Celebration was top-notch. I loved it. I loved it, hanging out with you guys. I loved doing everything there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that that was on my list as well. No, we did not uh, collaborate here. There is no collusion on this list, but no. I had Star Wars Celebration trust, press, or attendance Um I've been to multiple celebrations, but I've not attended one of the major panels really since celebration two when they're they still kind of low key but not low key so getting into the tross presser that was some magic i mean i've always wanted to do something like that for one of the skywalker films the fact that we got the the, the lottery and got to sit in there my kid was with me even though she passed out before the trailer aired but really it was watching the first trailer for what became known as the rise of skywalker live with all those other fans and just feeling the force energy in that arena uh, that's something I hope to never forget and, and we have it immortalized on our YouTube channel as kind of a uh, reaction to the trail like a live reaction from the arena so uh, that was huge I'm just going to follow that up with a with another one because it ties into it uh, at Star Wars Celebration I was officially featured as a toy photographer at the Hasbro booth for the Black Series line, in particular doing a series of shots depicting Luke Skywalker in the original trilogy. Uh, and they also got used again at SDCC 2019, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I mean, all right, so let's see. My, my next up here, I mean, this is, you know, this is just Star Wars kind of fandom in general, but it's also, uh, you know, a personal one. The Rise of Skywalker like I said, I've seen The Rise of Skywalker four times already. I really, really love this movie. Is it a perfect Star Wars movie? It is not a perfect Star Wars movie. I think you can argue that the perfect Star Wars movie does not exist, nor will it ever exist. But this movie, to me, no matter what other people think about it, I think that this was a fantastic ending to the nine movies that we know as the Skywalker saga. I mean, I could go see this movie every day and I would never get tired of it. I, I plan on seeing it for a fifth time. I just really love Fucker. this movie. <laughs> I just really love it. So that that's my, my third. My, my yeah, no, movie. I mean, I, I had that too. So I'll just make a few more comments on it. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I still hate what I did to myself, at least for my initial viewing by reading the leaks. Uh, that is a life lesson that will that will sting for the rest of my fandom. There's no doubt about it because uh, 
the film really is fun. It's fun as fuck. And for me, it gets more fun every time you see it. I just wish I would have had that magical experience watching it the first time, not knowing what was coming at me. Because uh, it definitely sucked a lot of the uh, mysticism and wonder out of some of the bigger reveals. But as I've seen it more and more, I am realizing there are scenes in there that hit me with Star Wars emotion. That's all I can ask for in a Star Wars movie. So, yeah. Uh, not perfect, as Nick said. Um, I'd still argue it's a joke that it's not at least three hours, especially with how chaotic the first 45 minutes are. Yes, yes. But it is it, it is what it is. We got it. It's on its way to a billion. Uh, I know people are trying to tear it down because it's failing in China. Who gives a fuck? Every Star Wars. Uh, look, here's the fact. Well, they're like, oh, t- this movie did better. That movie did better. It's like, who cares? I mean, dude, China doesn't like Star Wars. And yes, some will do better. They're, they're like, oh, IP Man 4 did better. It's like, no fucking shit. Yeah, you're you're telling IP me IP Man doesn't even get on a screen in the U.S., motherfuckers. What are you yeah. talking about? Like, it, it's it's not even dumb assholes. Clo- yeah, it's like look, <laughs> motherfuckers. That's I said this a long time ago. I said this when Endgame broke the every box office record that ever existed. I was like, Star Wars can never do that because China doesn't like it. Yeah. Like China doesn't like Star Wars. China loves it's Marvel, crazy, and that's man. because China. And like Marvel blows China, like Marvel puts oh, yeah, they, shit they, they for put China in the characters. The they go to China all the time. I mean, you yeah, can like thank a lot of the Iron Man movies for that. And, yeah, uh, uh, and, Avengers two was uh, specifically for the China audience. Yeah. and like look, Star Wars, the proper Star Wars Skywalker saga will never be that. Like it's over, and it'll never hit that Chinese level. Like it'll never hit that Chinese fan base. Now, who knows, when we get Rise of Skywalker going again, or when we get Star Wars going again in 2022, maybe China kind of attaches itself to it because it was there from the beginning. Um, but I just don't see... It's just not that type of movie. Like, it's it's not a movie... It, and it's fine. Fun. I'm also not a fan that's going to base my enjoyment of a film on, on the box foreign office. box office or box office in general. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I yeah, like Solo. It made $2. I mean, who cares? Yeah. I mean... It's so. just... I mean, it's like, you know, no one's allowed to be happy anymore in Star Wars land. You, you even have TLJ fans now becoming trolls themselves. Yeah, they're like... To people it, with Tross. Like, oh, you like it? It's it's not as artsy as TLJ. It's a it's a goddamn crime what you did to Kelly Marie Trance. Like, oh, man. It's just... we. It, it's perpetual drama yeah. now. It it's doesn't just matter. Like you, they will find something to hate about it. It doesn't no matter. matter. It is. It's like, like I said, even, even the TLJ people, now well, they're getting... They're haters now. It's yeah. Like, what the fuck? Just, it's like... It's a shame. But, you know, I love Tross. I will watch Tross right. multiple times. And that's that is a personal thing for me. Well, I, I, I saw someone tweet this. I mean, think about it. Be, because of what all you assholes did, and you made Disney feel bad about themselves, and and they they deserve it too. I mean, we Bob Iger's a douche. But you're not going to see a Star Wars movie in a theater for three years, so you might as well go see Tross as many times as you can. Yeah, get your viewings in now because yeah. there's not a guarantee that we even get a Star Wars movie in 2022. I, 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 could, I like, can almost promise within a year or two there's going to be people like, oh, man, I really remember those days when we got Star Wars every year. Those were great times. And it'll be the same people now like, oh, maybe Star Wars should just take a break. Fuck off, people. All right, I didn't want to get angry during <laughs> our, 
our 2019 retrospective. So I'm going to I'm going to talk about my next item and no one can get angry about this. And this is the arrival of Baby Yoda and the Mandalorian. I mean, they oh. kind of go hand in hand with episode 1. The show is great and then you get that Baby Yoda and here we go. Off to the races, there is a new darling of the internet. I mean, baby it's just Baby Yoda hit the world like nothing i've ever seen before like when that reveal happened in at the end of episode one everybody saw that and it was over like people people forgot for at least a moment the bullshit that was in the star wars fandom the bullshit that's been going on for you think mando is as popular as it is today without baby yoda does the show stand on its own without the baby does the show stand on its own without the baby? Yes. If there was another, if if Baby Yoda wasn't like, let's just if, say he was protecting a just a standard little kid that was going to turn into a yeah. badass Mandalorian. Yeah, the sh- the show would still be as good. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. But the show would not be the phenomenon that it exactly is. right. Like people, like I've said this before. My girlfriend hasn't watched a single episode of The Mandalorian, and she's like, she knows Baby Yoda. Yeah, she I mean, knows he, he's she, like an internet god of sorts. Yeah, Baby Yoda memes everywhere. Like, my friend today, we went to a we went to a gift exchange yesterday at my friend's house. One of my friends had a Baby Yoda ugly Christmas sweater or ugly Christmas T shirt. Uh, I mean, B- Baby Yoda is everywhere, and it's just one of those things that, like, when you have that that cultural spark like that it, it's hard to quantify what that does to yeah, a show it's like it, so maybe you know yes the quality of the show would still be good it would have a fraction of the viewers and like i mean all credit to john favreau and dave filoni for cooking that up because that in itself that the mandalorian and baby yoda ha- have proven that you don't need a big screen to make good star wars yeah. like you you can do it on the small screen to good make good live action star wars i should say because we know from the animated series you can do it good but you don't need a big screen for good live action star wars and now we're gonna get i mean kind of going into one of your other points i mean we're gonna get more live action star wars on disney plus so fucking love it Oh, you want me to do another point? I, I, I've kind of taken a couple <laughs> okay. turns, so I was going to let All you right. go. I'll, I'll go. <laughs> I'll go. Um, so my my next one, we already hit on Mando. Um, my my next one's actually Jedi Fallen Order, and I just finished the game yesterday, and I really, after kind of getting used to the combat system, that was kind of Matt and I, you know, were, weren't really loving it at first, but like... After I played through like two, two and a half planets and I got my bearings with the combat system, I really did enjoy the game. Um, it, it, I mean, it's, it's a game that allows you to take, to become the Jedi and like to really tune those force powers up to 11. Like, for example, I was playing through you just and just have I was a really, on- really heavy lightsaber. Yeah, I know. He just cannot swing that lightsaber that quickly that to save his life. weighs a fucking ton. Yeah, maybe in the next iteration of this game, you know, in the in the <coughs> sequel, we'll get, you know, Cal Kestis picks up a lighter lightsaber or something like that. He builds his own or, well, actually he builds his own at the end. Um, but maybe he could swing it a little faster. But I will say that, like, 
once you unlock a lot of the force powers that are in this game, you do feel like a powerful motherfucker. Like the first time I went to Dathomir, I didn't have force pull and I'm fighting these fucking night brothers and I'm getting my ass kicked. I'm like, what the fuck? When I got force pull and I could just pull them in and then one shot them by stabbing them like, okay, now things are picking up. When I finally got that, that huge force blast push and I could knock down a whole fucking group of people or I could like push a whole group of people off of a cliff. I was like, now I feel like a Jedi. Now I feel like Anakin Skywalker, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like I feel like a bad motherfucker. And in the game, it did. It got progressively better as I played it. And even so overall, though, how'd the story jive with you? Where where it wrapped up? Did you like the story? Do you like Cal more? Because we we both kind of thought he was milk toasty. Yeah, I mean, I still I still ride with the fact that this is a at least the first game. I mean, I, I we are both Matt and I are assuming yes. there are going to be spoiler <laughs> spoiler alert. Not that it should matter. I mean, honestly, people, are you really Star Wars fans? Yeah, finish. The but game. I mean, it ends. With okay, there's gonna be a next game. Yeah, it basically it's basically <laughs> I mean, it's like, like all right, like Cal, all the good guys are there. They're the same squads there. I mean, you just continue yeah. on. Cal almost literally says, "See you in the next game." Like yeah. <laughs> the, the way that it ends was very <laughs> very clear. That I don't know why I didn't have Jedi Fallen Order on my list. I mean, you would think I would because it it, it is a really good Star Wars game. I don't know. I just ultimately like- the combat was just dumb. Yeah, I feel like that's what killed it for you. It's like and I di- I did not find the story as engrossing as The Force Unleashed for some reason. I think that I can like I recognized very quickly in that show that it this was going to be a plot driven like Cal Kestis didn't really matter as a character. Like let's just be real. You yeah. could have put anybody in that position yeah. and it didn't matter. So I, I was like, okay, I need to focus on the story, the story, the plot itself, and not the character, because the character is give or take. It doesn't yeah, matter that's, who it you're, is. You're, you're spot on, and maybe that's why I didn't like it, because Force Unleashed was more about learning about who the character was yeah, and versus I mean, the state of the galaxy at a, at a particular time. Yeah, and I think most Star Wars is like that. I mean, if you look at... Almost all Star Wars content that we've ever gotten outside of like Kotor, it's all it's all character driven narrative. Like even Kotor to a point, like you're learning who you are and all of this, and at the end you get the big reveal that you're Revan. Like it's all character driven stories that we're dealing with. Jedi Fallen Order being a plot driven story where like the the person you are doesn't necessarily matter as much as the the place you are the time that you're in or the events you're right you're right Um, i get i don't know maybe i like i guess i just like character stuff yeah i'm learning so it's (laughs) like i'm going to school today i'm back (laughs) in english english class with jedi master nick narrative types and how they affect your your (laughs) storytelling what's going on here i'm like where where am i right now but uh no i i really did like the game i'm looking forward to the follow-up and i i do if there is one thing that i hope they they improve is the fluidity of the lightsaber combat because that was where i feel like it really lacked is unless you were using and like this is one thing that i figured out is like the fluidity doesn't come until later in the game and it doesn't come until you unlock 
certain abilities. So like when you finally unlock the ability to use two sabers, like you can build combos where you're like switching between. Yeah, it single gets a little blade, better, but it, I mean yeah. that's damn near towards the end of the fucking yeah, it's game. All, it's finally... way too late. So one thing I hope they don't do in the next one is make you fucking relearn everything because that happens in a lot of games where it's like, yeah, it's oh stupid. yeah. I oh, he has badass. amnesia again. Fuck. Yeah. So now he needs to relearn <laughs> all of his Jedi powers. I should start the second right. iteration or the second game in the JFO series with all the shit that I already knew from the first one. So I should be able to fucking pull somebody to me and throw him off a cliff. I should be able to do all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, um, essentially a maxed force or power wheel at the end of the first game should be your default starting point of the second game. Yeah, exactly. So I, I really enjoyed that. So all JFO right. is up there for me. Um, I, I've, been, right. I've been having I got an itch to play some fucking Battlefront I know, I know right why. I just do it's I still haven't booted it up since they've added in you know moron mode I'm pretty and sure that, that, that mode's I perfect have, for me I have I have the check but I have I'm pretty sure I have uh Battlefront because all the trust content came down I think on the 17th so anyways yeah. that that's not on my list I'm just thinking <laughs> out loud I do it sometimes Okay, so a few final things for me. I'll kind of lump these two in together, but Kenobi was confirmed. I mean, there's essentially been rumors for years, and we did learn they were all true. There was going to be a Kenobi movie. Got canned because of assholes on both sides, the fan side and the Disney side. Uh, But, hey, we're getting a show, and kind of the lump in here is the fact that it's going to be worked on by Deborah Cho, and you know Filoni's probably going to have some notes and stuff. Yep. So, uh, really, the, the, the two for there is Kenobi confirmed, Cho is the one running it, and just the fact that we got to see her and Filoni grow as live-action directors right before our eyes on the first season of Mandalorian, uh, I think everyone feels amazing now that these are the people that are telling these uh, Star Wars stories on the small screen. Yeah, if you if you followed along with who was directing each episode, like... You know, I mean, first off, everybody who directed on on Mandalorian did an absolutely excellent job. But like the standout episodes that you picked out, those were probably Deborah Chow's episodes. Chow, yeah, Chow, I, I Chow. believe just from you know, I, I sit around the the internet machine quite a bit and scan and surf, and I've had many years of practice. And I, I just, this is, I'm just pulling out my ass, but I think I'm spot on. I believe episode three and seven were the mm-hmm. most buzzed about episodes. Yeah. Uh, with three probably so. being the most buzzed about. Yeah, three. I mean, three that, that you know, basically the, <coughs> the culmination of the, the first arc of the show. I mean, that was fucking crazy. So, I mean, Deborah Chow really fucking killed it with that so yeah i I mean if you had what what was your favorite just right now top of your head favorite episode seven seven because the 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 tension building in that episode towards the end was just like you're sitting on the edge of the seat you're like fucking biting your fingernails like oh my god is uh, is he gonna make it like is is baby yoda gonna die like what the fuck's gonna happen like i know i i agree with you 100 percent, just on the tension but i uh, i may go with the first three or one one. One, the first Filoni's one. debut. Yeah. The, the one, one that set the stage. The way, yeah. just the way it started, the way, and then obviously the smack in the face, the way it ended. I mean, that Baby Yoda reveal changed everything anyone was thinking about what this show was going to be. Yeah, I mean, tonally, episode one set the, set the stage for the show. Yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, that reveal 
really was the world igniter. Like people, even just him and IG teaming up and their fight. I just, I really loved every aspect of the episode and felt as a premiere. It did a or a pilot. It did a great job at saying. This is who the Mando is. This is what he does. This is the world he lives in. And this is the type of person he is. Yeah. It's like, yeah. okay, great. It was all perfect. I can get down with that. I agree. I, I but, really I mean, dude, it's it's hard to cast any. I, I mean, you, you can make arguments. Even episode two, I think it was the shortest. It was fantastic. I mean, there's some awesome moments in that with the Jawas. And then that's the first time we see the baby use the Force. It's like, holy shit. Yeah. Uh, every episode kind of stood out. I mean, then eight, the the finale of season one, my God, the, the IG-11 moments, the sacrifice. So, hey, Disney Plus is a success, and I really think that's because of people like Filoni and, and, and Chow in particular. So I'm glad, I'm glad she's in charge of Kenobi and that Kenobi is a thing. So bring it on. Yeah, 100%. All right, so next up for me is, you know, I put the launch of SWT proper and the growth of our fan base. So I know that we launched technically at the end of November 2018, but like Yeah, this this is our first full year as yeah, the as the as, dudes. As the Star Wars Time Bros, the Star Wars Time Show. And I mean, the things that have come over this year from what we've done with Star Wars Time and and the people that we've met and the friends that we've made and the fans that we've made it's fantastic. I mean, like I opened up my mailbox yesterday and I have an awesome postcard Christmas card from Sir Dork. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, we made the, the Sir Dork and chaos cuties, cuties. Christmas card. Yep. List. I mean, and that was fantastic. The, the message that he wrote on the back yep, was awesome. I mean, you know, and, and then I know that we have something coming in from Jesse, everything Kylo as well. I mean, like the, the people, that are fans of our show, the people that are associated with our show. I mean, I never would have guessed that in the first year of us having Star Wars time as a solo thing, that we would have grown as much as we have and that we would yeah, have I'm just some numbers fans. off the top of my head. I mean, obviously the biggest community is on the IG side. That's where yeah. we spend most of our time, but we're like 2,500 there. The yeah. tag's been used almost 10,000 times. I don't know about mentions, but uh, the likes are picking up. I think Nick told me we had our first 1,000-plusser. Yeah, I mean, one of these shots that we shared, actually <coughs> one of the shots that's in the top five from last week that yeah, I will in, mention. He's in the shafted number. five. That's what we're calling Yeah, it. the shafted top five, the, the holiday top five had over. <coughs> okay, I'm, I'm muting out real quick. <laughs> Matt's, Matt's dying, but I will let you know that we had a shot that I believe either crossed or came right to the 1,000 like mark. I mean, that is absurd. There was no way that I ever thought that we would hit, that we would have a post that we shared that would have 1,000 likes within the first year. I mean, it, it's just incredible to see how you guys have gravitated towards this show and, and to our well, even YouTube. And, and I mean, uh, I think since resistance and Mando have come back, we've added maybe 80 new subs on YouTube. Yeah. Getting better comment, better interactions, the show itself. I mean, I think the the best month we did was around and we never know official stats. We get shit knickknacky from here, there and everywhere. Yeah. But I think over the summer we hit a, a what over 600 downloads just unique downloads so that was oh yeah oh and then you know at by the end of the year i think we shared 
some content from Blurberry and from Spotify and from all the different channels that we're on. I mean, like the growth yeah. that we've seen has been Germany really loves awesome. us. Germany Spotify. loves us. Australia is going to get up there. Yeah, Greg Greg has Greg's got his whole damn it. family rigged <laughs> now on Spotify. <laughs> he's like, he sent like his younger, I think his nephew, he has a YouTube channel for Funko Pop and stuff. So, but he's that like, yeah, I'm going to, I've got him listening on Spotify now too to, to bump go. up those numbers. So, there we go. Those are really We do appreciate numbers. it, man. There are, there's some fans out there. You know who yeah. you are, the ones that interact on, you know, a weekly, daily basis sometimes. We appreciate it. I know it sounds like I'm dying. I, I've got something stuck in my throat, and no, it is not a penis. Because uh, I know <laughs> some emotion. of your problem. Star know you, Wars emotion. Yeah, you sick fuckers there out there <laughs> in Star Wars timeland. But uh, anyways, I'll kind of your last one. Here we go. Pop into my last one here, and, and this is a very recent one. But uh, my kid, I, I've talked about her on the show before. I mean, I'm not gonna say I forced her to be a fan but just living in the house and all the children's book people bought for her, i mean it was bound to happen I'm, I'm glad it did it's been a a fun two years now i mean she's a little over three and a half and we went and saw the movie you know, she passed out that's what i mentioned but it, it was funny this year you know the, the santa thing really became a big deal and we were out and about at the lego store and she saw this this set it was a huge star wars set and I could just see, like, the, the the lights and the bells were going off in her little head. And she's like, pulls me over. She's like, Daddy, Daddy, I want, this is what I want. This, uh, tell Santa, this is what I want. This, get this, get this. And what it, what it turned out to be, it's called the Betrayal at Cloud City Lego set, right? Okay. $350. Almost 2,900 pieces. And it's essentially a cross section of Cloud City. So there's little scenes. There's like a, it's quartered. So you got uh, four pieces of a pie. And within each quarter there, there's little scenes. Uh, one is the full on fucking slave one. There's a cloud car, the carbon chamber room, the room where uh, che uh, Chewie saved 3PO. So we've been building it all week long. I mean, it's. I'd say 15 to 20 hour build, the most complex Lego build I've ever done. It's got working gears and shit and fucking platforms and bases and structures just to hold all the weight. So it was wild, but it was just, it was awesome to be doing it with my little daughter, three and a half years old, engaged in big time Legos like that. Not that she could build it, but just sitting there with her. Uh, and watching her play with the minifigs on the playset. I mean, it's become a, a playset to her. She stages little scenes. And yesterday when I finished the carbon uh, freezing chamber, she had all the minifigures lined around the circle watching Han go up and down. It's just mm -hmm. like, I mean, that is where the, the true joy comes in of being a Star Wars super fan and also having a little one that is uh, taking up the hobby, so... That was just a, a really great way to spend a, a week of the Christmas break here with the with the kiddo. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a super special. That's probably like one of those. It's something. I mean, I, again, and I'm an asshole. I never wanted a kid, uh, but now that I have one. I can't imagine not having one, and I just I cannot tell people that are like me and hate people and hate kids how great it is to have one. That's yours, not someone else's, and not a fucking pet. It's not the same. 
yours and that you can share what you like to do and, and what they like to do together. It's just, there's really nothing better in the world. So that's, that's how I'm closing out my memories of 2019 Star Wars style. So that's a touching, touching moment. So, I mean, my final one is Simba. It's like relatively family related to. So um, my girlfriend had never seen any Star Wars movies before we started dating and 2019 has been a quite an experience for her. We saw all of the original trilogy at a drive-in. Oh boy, the, pro- the nice. propaganda has started. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so she's seen all of the Star Wars movies, um, it, excluding the prequels. We haven't watched the prequels, um, but we we went and saw the original trilogy at a drive-in theater in Austin, and it was super fun experience to have. It was really cool to share that experience with Were her. Were they, was it back to back to back to back? Or no, did you so go was, like subsequent weekends or whatever? Yeah, so it was different days. So we saw we saw them in order, but it wasn't all like uh, strung together in one, you know, what would have been like a nine hour long run. So it's not like living with my kid that makes me watch them <laughs> all day long. <laughs> not quite, not quite. But, you know, being able to, to, to do that with her was really cool. And then she came with us to Celebration and on the last day of the show, um, I went with her. So she was on the floor with me and we just kind of walked around, took everything in. And it was really fun. So like being able to, you know, share Star Wars with people that we love is both Matt and oh, yeah. my and to the. To I our, mean, as know, sappy as it sounds, it really there really is nothing better. And that's why celebration is so much fun. Even if you look at pictures and you're one of these hard asses these days, you're like, these fucking pussy losers lemming sheep i guarantee if you go to a celebration it'll be hard to wipe a smile off your face uh it it, there's it's one of the best parts of being a star wars fan that's why nick and i do what we do i mean do you guys think we get anything out of this outside of interacting with you all and each other no no one's (laughs) fucking paying us a goddamn thing that's why it's funny when people accuse us of being a a shill Shill, it's like what the fuck are you talking shill for what it's like, who are we shilling shill to? for what? <laughs> I'm trying to shill myself and Nick. I'm trying to shill the goddamn show, motherfuckers. I don't give a shit about Disney. Disney owns the world. They yeah. don't need lowlifes like me and Nick to shill anything. But yeah. it is. I mean, I just there's nothing better than just talking Star Wars with friends, family, or one day, you never know, Nick, your, your own little fans so. little jedi yeah so but let's uh round it out for the 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 true fans the ones really where we kind of called a lot of the fan base in 2019 and that is from the instagram family and and we do love you out there and you know like okay. i said uh the, the the top fans out there the loyalists you know who you are uh, we appreciate you more than ever and, and and hope you stick with us and keep cheering on in 2020 but i'm gonna go ahead and let nick take over for our uh Star Wars fan artist feature extravaganza 2019. Yes. So the end of 2019, we're actually going to be running through three separate top number of the week ish, um, you know, breakdowns. The first one we're going to go through fast and I'm sorry that we have to do this, but we are, you know, (laughs) yeah, you get, you got the uh, Christmas week pick. So you got fucked. Yeah, so you did. So the, anybody who was on the 1213 to 1220 top five 
that was the week that we were out for Christmas. So unfortunately, right. we did not have a show dedicated to you guys. But I will run through all of the yeah, recipients. No disrespect. Yes, no disrespect here at all. All the recipients of the top five. And I will say that the t- that two of the photos in, in here are the top two likes that we've ever gotten. Both of them over <laughs> a thousand. It's ridiculous. It's oh, the r- irony. I know. I don't know what happened on December 19th because both of these images were shared on December 19th. But one of them has 1,091 and one of them has 1,029. Oh, my God. Look at it's, this. It's you got to be kidding me. Nope. <laughs> so Our first thousands of the Not that it's our work, but the fact our account exposed other people. So this many people and we can't even talk about it. I know. It's so messed up. So I'm going to run through and I'll call out the, you know who they are and what the shot is. And I'll call out the two in particular that got over a thousand likes Good man. Good when man. we get there. So um, <laughs> first up, we have snapshot underscore five, the letter O, and then this one. is a returning account. I mean, I think he kind of went dark for a bit, but he's back and yeah. I mean, it's a it's a really crispy yeah. Anakin Skywalker shot from his from Rots. I mean. Really good work here. You have the Sith eyes in there, the blue lightsaber. The pose was fantastic. So snapshot underscore five, the letter O, one. Fantastic. So this one here from Boba, at Boba underscore F-E-T-E, has 1,091 likes, the highest on our account. Um, and this is a shot that is a representation of the end of Tross. It is, And he, I'm pretty sure, posted this before the movie. So this was just an idea he had. Yeah, I mean, this we shared it on the 19th, and that's when the movie came out. So right. it's not like, you know, this isn't based off of him seeing them. Unless I mean, yeah, he, he lived did. in he different had fucking country. Cannon in there, Kit. Yeah, say like, teen. Okay, good. I mean, dude, he, he it's it's basically it's it's, it's, great. it's Jedi Ray holding the Skywalker. It, it's kind of like when we broke down Tross, what we were hoping, or what I at least was hoping to see. Maybe even if it was just Anakin and Obi or something, yeah, like Luke. Yeah, I mean, it would have been cool to see the father and son fighting together with their kind of their go between Obi. Yeah. So, I mean, this shot has over a thousand likes and it's 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 Ray with the blade flanked by a bunch of force ghost Jedi. I mean, like Matt was mentioning, you got Obi, you got Yoda, you got Anakin, you got Mace, you got Kit Fisto in the back. Looks like you got Kanan off to the left. Uh, I mean, it's just jam packed with Jedi. And it's a fantastic representation of the end of the movie without him even seeing it. So um, fantastic word by at Boba Feet, Boba underscore F-E-T-E on Instagram. The next one has 1,029 likes. This is the greatest Star Wars portrait I've ever seen, hands down. Yeah, I was going to say, like, this looks like a real human being. This looks like a picture of... It's, it's fucking Sebastian. Like, it yeah, is Sebastian like, it, Shaw. It's just like... I, and this is from Last Toy Only, so L A S T O Y O N L Y on Instagram, and it is. It's this is like an artistic. This is the highest form of art that I've seen in a portrait yeah, it's shot. Black and white close up portrait of a figure, and it looks like a real person. It so. does. It, it looks like Sebastian Shaw from the end of R O T J. So it, it is a maskless Darth Vader. Um, 1,029 likes, and it is incredible. So last toy only on Instagram. Um, next up, we have Will Strickland Photography with a really cool rendition of like a a like a like Black Ops soldier Darth Vader. Yeah, it's like a um, COD Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Call of Duty Darth Vader. Um, excellent job there. We have, and then our last one for, for the Christmas break top five <laughs> was, um, was a... 
shot from at yeah. MUU. Straight execution. I love watching toys fucking murder each other. Yeah, so it's from at MUU <laughs> underscore KWMR. So Moo KWMR on Instagram. Yeah, I'll and it is. Just, it is a really good day. picks there. It is a shame where we guys skip over, but hey, I know we got to we you know time we, is of the essence, and Nick needs to start drinking. So fantastic job there. So now we have our top five. Oh, wow. This really is like this. This is up through today. Yeah. So this is a I said top <laughs> five artists of the week ish guy. So I did 1220 to 1231 because I if I would have done the week proper, we would have done 1220 to 1227. And then we would have had 1227 into like a weird yeah, so what day. We're saying we're all fucked up. This is just where we're at. Here we go. Top five. Yeah. So what we're doing <laughs> here is we're going to start our next top five from one one we don't know when the week start or begin anymore at star wars time (laughs) exactly so (laughs) we are now this is from 12 20 to the end of the year um i love it man because you got my boy right there number one number one super scoundrel with the baby yoda this is the probably my there's so many but the I think Super Scoundrel is my one of my fa- he is my favorite new account find of the year, I think. Yeah, and I mean th- this guy is since we found Super Scoundrel, oh, he's, say he's finally found. getting some of the attention he deserves for Yeah, Christ's I mean sake. if you, if you look at his account now, I, he's got over 5,000 likes. I don't right. know I, and look, I'm pretty I mean, sure he had like maybe 2,000 when uh, the first time I featured and then you you know you got him on the top 5. And I'm this isn't us saying, oh, we did this. Not yeah. at all. But I like to think that we helped on his journey to finally getting the exposure this dude deserves. I think his name's mm-hmm. Devin. I mean, yes, th- yeah. this guy's illustrations are just fucking beautiful. I mean, he he's an insta-share account. I, he's got a Gideon out there that I need to remember to share, too. I mean, I just love this shit. Yeah, and this I mean, one of the baby chewing on the mythosaur. I mean, come on. Yeah, this is the one as the tagline of the image. I mean, it's fantastic. <laughs> if you've seen Super Scoundrel's work before, you know that this guy's just a killer and everything he that he puts such out. such a defined style, too. And I love yeah. artists that, you know, they're like, this is my fucking style. And they just rock it every time. And yeah. You can just pick them out of a lineup. I know every day when I'm scrolling, like, oop, there you go. Devin's got a new shot. It's or a new, new shot, new new work of art. Yeah, a new piece of art that he's created <laughs> with his hands. I mean, it's, this guy is it, an absolute... It's insane. We've said it before. I mean, these people are fucking aliens or something. It's a joy watching all of his shots come across the feed. So, um, at super underscore scoundrel on Instagram. You, if you haven't followed him already, I don't know what the fuck you're yeah, waiting shame, for. Shame like, on you. Dude is a killer. So, um, next up we have a another representation of, yeah. of Jedi Ray flanked by her her jedi compa- Trevor's companions. such a master dude he is i mean this is from one six shooter um at one six underscore shooter on instagram and it's it's mixed word. scale too so yeah. ray's black series everyone else is one six scale so like the the barbies the hot the expensive yes. shit i mean and that's what makes this shot pop so much because it is like the shot that we saw from boba feet was fantastic because it, it brought in such a breadth of Jedi. There's so many different Jedi there. And, and this shot just takes it to the next level, takes that concept that Boba Feed put out to the next level with, like you said, the scale. Like she is flanked by these 
mythical figures like these right. giants it's of the almost Force. like mount rushmore of jedi i mean i know there's more faces than we have on ours but wouldn't you put some of these up on a mount oh, rushmore yeah. jedi I mean, I mean it's yoda luke mace anakin qui-gon and ben yeah i mean if there was if i like how i call him ben that. now like that's his fucking yeah name. it's ben kenobi he's no it's longer like, no his name's obi-wan <laughs> yeah i mean it is like this if you're if you're talking about star wars films Right. Then this is the Mount Rushmore. I mean, you know, I mean, Mace can be argued, but he well, he was a grand master. I mean, Yoda is one of the most influential Jedi of all time. Yeah, Mace. Luke's, I mean, uh, he, like, he he killed Jango Fett and then just mostly talked shit. Yeah, I mean, that's you know, he just fucking hated Anakin's guts. Basically, he that's did. What, that was like, his he job. Did not like Anakin at all. Like. I mean, wouldn't even let him go to the fucking. If he would have just let Anakin go to the throne room with him yeah. and Kit and the and the other guy, maybe, you know, maybe we would have never got the Senate, right? I am the Senate. I am. <laughs> he fucking like springs at him while he's some corkscrew. Just fucking. Uh, the crazy. other thing about this shot, dude, this is all in camera except for the lightsaber. Wow! Holy shit! I mean, even the lighting thing. like that. He, he did, like, uh, light painting. God, I mean, Trevor is a fucking... He's a master. I mean, yeah, like, like, this a, guy is a, a master. A true photographer artist. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the, the fact that he achieves this without Photoshop, and this is all done in, in frame, in yeah. lens. That's, I mean, this is pure... It's fucking crazy, it dude. I, like, I look at this, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I learned how to use atmosphere aerosol this year, and then you got guys like Trevor fog machine set up with mixed scale and light painting and it's all in camera and yeah I mean, hey <laughs> that's, that's why we do what we do practice makes perfect and it i'm does. glad we have guys like one six shooter out there to look up to yeah so give him a follow on instagram if you haven't already he is he is one of the true masters of this of this toy photography form um Next up, we have Daz Tibbles with a, yeah. I mean, just the most precocious little Christmas baby Yoda. I mean, Daz it, has been one of my favorite Star Wars fan artists for years. I mean, he predates Star Wars Time Show. I mean, I, I've been featuring his shit when I was doing uh, Entertainment Buddha pretty hardcore. I mean, I, I've always loved, I believe his name's Darren Tibbles, Daz yep. Tibbles on, on socials. I just, this guy's style's insane. And Nick, I, I know I've probably showed him to you. I don't know if you remember any of them, but if you watch some of his animations, yes, I've uh, seen, the yeah. concepts he had for Rogue One, and he just did a recent one with like a dark Luke. I mean, the guy's fucking style speaks to me on all levels. Like, I, I would get this dude's work tattooed on my face. Oh, yeah. I mean, the dude is fantastic. And also, he sent us, I, I'm pretty sure he sent us a nice Christmas dm on on instagram so yeah yeah i mean just a great guy this is another one just like super scoundrel where i go man it's insane the talent out there in the artist pool and a lot of these people aren't working for lucasfilm or disney or whatever i mean it's it's crazy yeah i mean it's beautiful so um at daz tibbles d-a-z-t-i-b-b-l-e-s on, on instagram just again all, i mean look at that look at follow. that like how it's like a, a washed out scratched out on the mando yeah and then i, mean, I, I want the, that mando pose like on my back yeah i mean dude i feel like your your tattoos you, you need a 
You need a hookup. Well, there's with- that other one. What was that other one? It was, but it was another art. It was, uh, I think it was. Ba- oh yeah, it was Baby Yoda sitting in the Mando's helmet, helmet as if it, as, yeah. as if it were the basket. He also had another one where it was the armorer, and it was the the mythosaur um, symbol, except it was all like burnt. It was all like searing hot metal color. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, Darren is a killer. I mean, you could just scroll through his feed and find things that are just absolutely insane. Um, Maybe you you just need to message him back on our uh, on the Star Wars Time IG and just be like, hey, I want to work with you on a tattoo piece, <laughs> like just because I'm sure. Yeah, how many how many millions of dollars do I owe you? Yeah, I, I, I know I know it's not millions, but I, I'm not kidding. When I look at shit like that, I, I go like, what, what, I mean, what do you pay someone? I'm sure that? if you could work out a price or if you know with him, I'm sure that he would be able to make like if you gave him an idea. Just like, just like the intern did with his tattoo at Star Wars Celebration, like he he had an idea <laughs> the and he intern. told he he told the artist ahead of time. He's like, I want a, a Vader skull, but like geometric, like I want it like almost like stained. It does look good because he he yeah. came out for the trust screen. I'm like, man, you motherfucker, that is a good tattoo. It, it's sick. I mean, I saw that and I was like, holy hell, goddamn man, intern, insane. man. But if you reached out to Daz Tibbles, I guarantee you, you guys could work something out. If anything, I at least want like a wall size canvas to hang in in the headquarters. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. So at Daz Tibbles is always a good follow and is always a good dude. So make sure to to hit that follow button on his account. Um, Next up, we have Triple P making his return. Did you see the one I shared today from him? I don't, I have to go back and look. I don't know. I mean, you, you, you not that this one doesn't deserve to be here, but you'd probably be like, "Oh fuck, I probably should have used this one." Because <laughs> this guy, like the the level of realism Papa P achieves oh, these wow. days. Oh wow, yeah, this this Luke one. The Luke, yeah. I mean, yeah. Luke's like just fucking blowing people over. Yeah, I mean, I mean that, he's like, ah! I mean, it it does. But the like, shot at hand is is a fucking a work of art too. I mean, the way he got that to. I forget what they call that spider droid, or it's not the spider droid, but one of the walkers. Yeah, like the, it was like kind of like a spider walker. A droid from, walker, but my yeah. God. I mean, it's, it's fucking the, the, the way that Papa is able to make shit pop off the screen. And like you said, with just incredible realism in his shots. I mean, this is so what we see is we see four B1 battle droids, and then you got a droidica in the background with this spider walker, this uh, Geonosian spider walker in the background. I mean, it's fantastic like this the, the way that he was able to bring these characters to life and the the effects on the lasers that are being shot from the walker i mean it's just it's it's vintage papa i mean and that's why you know he was one of the probably one of the most featured artists this year in the top five i mean papa just makes shots oh, like yeah. this. i mean he's he's Sam. up there with uh everything Sir, Sir Dork. Dork. I mean, the other goats. I mean, yeah, he, he's an account where pretty much every shot you can be like, "Yep, that that could be up there." Yeah, and I mean, he also. I mean, if you follow Papa, you know that he does a ton of incredible mashup work. Too. For like, for some reason, his thing is he loves to mash up either Alien or Predator with Star Wars. Like that. That's like his three properties: Alien, Predator, and Star Wars. I, I, I'm assuming he's he's you know probably a child of the 80s so yeah you're gonna like all that stuff but i'm just gonna say as a collector the the neca neca has the license for predator and alien yeah. and they actually make really great figures for cheap so i'm assuming that's why we see a lot of that stuff okay so i mean it's 
the, again, like Papa Palpatine photography, Papa <laughs> underscore Palpatine underscore photography on Instagram. He's got an all silver Beskar armor Mando. Really? Got like 13,000 likes. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, see. I mean, it. Dude, yeah, I mean, dude, he's just, Papa's a killer, man. He's fucking he lethal <laughs> at this hobby. It is, dude. He's and half insane. the shit is. I'm pretty sure he just goes out and he's got like a ditch in his backyard with a fucking <laughs> rotted tree stump, and just you know uses his imagination, sets him up, and floods it with some fog. And here we go. Yeah, and they all come out pretty fucking sick. Yeah, I mean he does a lot of practical stuff, but I mean yeah. clearly he's got he knows how to work the the Photoshop too. That's something I'm still basically learning. Uh, learning. Completely inept at. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, so the last one of the top five. Yeah, that's fucking so cool. Last one of the top five. I love this. This is plastic action. Of course, we've had plastic action on here before, but it is it, one plastic action is the best concept photographer, I think, that I've ever He's seen. Yeah, another one, like a nose rain plastic yeah, action. No, I mean, same level. The guys are just brilliant. I mean, work more or less. They're on the way these people think doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. It, so what we see, but I here, like the way they think. It's it's beautiful. Like we have Luke Skywalker, who's like <laughs> fucking Air Jordan dunking, and what you have is three shots of Luke. So it's almost like yeah, a time it's the eras of Luke. It's it's yeah. farm boy into Jedi, Jedi, into Jedi Master. Yeah, and then in the background, kind of like <laughs> hazy in the background, you have Grandmaster Yoda. You have Chewbacca, you have Dio at his feet, then you have Ray, BB-8, C-3PO, R2-D2, all watching Luke fucking sky dunk through the yeah, air. Yeah, and just, I mean, even Jax's original caption, the rise of Skywalker, and it's so <laughs> it's perfect. perfect. It is. It's perfect, dude. I mean, this guy, plastic action, he just brings... the poses there, man, and how he cleaned it up and got rid of all the wires, and even just the net splashed up. I mean, look at that. Look at the details. Yeah, I mean, the dude brings thunder every time he puts out a shot. I mean, he's really a fantastic photographer, so... Yeah, and I know um, he sells his prints. I mean, this is one I'm, I'm half-tempted to pick up, but I, I'm literally out of wall space. I still got to get my Episode Nine movie poster because that's the last bit of wall space I have to, to complete the age of resistance trilogy but man I, I need some art now from all these people like yeah plastic action sir dork daz tibbles super scoundrel i mean this everything killers, killers everything kylo all of them so that wraps up the top five that does man through the end of the year <laughs> and uh we got one more thing that that i put together for you guys you could look at it as the 12 days of Christmas for Star Wars Instagram, for Star Wars Time Instagram there we go. artists. I like that. I just called it the top 12 IG artists of 2019. Um, basically, what I did was we launched, you know, we launched the Star Wars Time Top 5 in February. Um, so we didn't exactly have 12 months of it. But what I did was I featured what I assumed to be one, one, photo or one artist for every month of this year and this is not the the shot that i picked is not indicative of necessarily their best work but these are all people that like when i scroll through our feed i was like oh wow like this this these are ones that stood out so these aren't necessarily people that have made the top five i think or shots that made the top five 
I think all of them have made the top. Okay, five, yeah, because they, like they look these? some of them look familiar, and we're yeah. not going to go through and re-talk about them all because we've yeah. we've already done that. Please listen to our catalog of shows. Yeah. We're on all of the podcasting platforms. But um, so I'll just kind of rattle off. Yeah. similar to what I did for the first top five run through was. Um, so we'll, we'll start with number one here. We have lead killer with the fantastic yeah. art, art piece, like traditional straight up comic book style art. I mean, yeah. that's the best way to say it of, of baby Yoda and the Mandalorian. I mean, it's, it's epic. I mean, and, and if you follow lead killer's account, this dude is just Ken Lashley. I mean, he's, he's one of the best true comic book artists that we've ever featured in the top five or on our account ever. So, I mean, this dude is a fantastic follow. Next up, we have another excellent traditional artist oh, yeah. in Venomous. I mean, th- and this shot is from Tross. It is the, the shot where Kylo's walking through the water with his saber upside down. Uh, we featured he, this He's another one like Daz, dude, that I've, I've followed Venomous for years. I mean, again, predates Star Wars Time Show. Um, I think we're on his radar a bit now, which is cool. Yeah, I mean uh, that he, is really fucking cool. That yeah, he's that been he DMing in. He 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 likes when we we give him a shout here or there. So I, I, his style is it really is unlike anything I've ever seen. It's kind of it, it's like perfected chaos. Sort yeah, of, that's where actually, the subject is it's the subject's usually very clear, especially in the face. I mean, it's almost like an animation cell, but then the way he fleshes out the environment, it's almost like. Uh, you know, literally this one, there's just paint splatter everywhere. But yeah, I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> it does. I mean, like in context of the shot from the movie, I mean, this is like a perfect artistic rendition of that of that scene from from Tross. So Venomous, again, like you can follow this guy and you can see, you know, just killer art all over the place. And I mean, I mean he's, you know, a huge account, 68,000 followers. The fact that he you know dms us or you know interacts with us in any ways is an honor for us to to be on his radar so venomous um makes the 12 days of star wars time christmas um next up this actually wasn't even a shot that i featured this was one that you featured and that i found through your feature and this is mr stormtrooper davis this yeah i I actually think this was from uh sir dork's failed episode i believe <laughs> <laughs> i'm never gonna let it let him live that down yes yeah, this was one where, where i was out but like this shot you know mr stormtrooper davis was on our stop uh, on our top five two times i believe one from sir dork one from me and his account he's got a good account his his skills are growing but this shot in particular was just like it's Pasana. I mean, he's literally at the, uh, I think it's Wadi Rim in Jordan. That's where they shot the Pasana scenes, God, straight I mean, up. Yeah, I mean, so the fact that he was able to do this, I mean, it's it's just such a gripping shot. It's fantastic all around. And, you know, being that this is, you know, the end of the Skywalker saga, this was a perfect landscape trough shot. I mean, it's beautiful. So I was like, man, this, this definitely squeaks his way into our top 12 um I, next up is is one of the goats on the show this is everything kylo and i could have picked from a multitude of of top five entries that 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 mr kylo had from the star wars time show um but this one was just so cool because it is it it perfectly encapsulates everything about jesse's style 
you have the chaos of the war you have the and it's a it's a massive mashup shot it's it's the delorean from um from yeah, back to the was, future this one was mac daddy dude yeah just the concept and the execution the firework blasting it's, it is one of my favorite everything Kylo's. There's no doubt about it. You got the chicken walking walker back there, and just a perfectly placed uh, crackling ball explosion, making it look like he took a shot at the DeLorean but just yeah. missed it. Yeah, I mean it's 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 vintage everything Kylo's vintage Jesse artwork. I mean it's beautiful shots. So of course one of the goats makes the top twelve. Um, next up, and this is a count that that. Matt found this year, like phase runner and the artwork that he does is just incredible. Like this guy is a Photoshop master and what he put together for his concept art, uh, his concept posters for Tross this year were absolutely incredible. And this one that we see is, is the one where Kylo is ripping apart the, the Falcon with the force. Um, so phase runner, Again, is just an absolutely excellent yep. find. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and pat myself on the back for this find as well. Oh yeah, I mean this was just <laughs> up there with Super Scoundrel. It's another fantastic one. Yeah, and we did sort of get a moment like this. I mean, this was a moment I knew was coming, but I, the way the intern reacted when Ray literally fucking rips, starts pulling down the ship, it was yeah. awesome. Yeah, I mean that is literally harkening back to <laughs> fucking. Force Unleashed type of shit where Starkiller pulls down the Star Destroyer. Um, so this this fucking piece of art by Phase Runner is amazing. Like this is this is some shit that that could be hung in any room in anybody's house and look incredible. So there's a lot of fuckers stealing it though. So fuck really? you guys. Yeah. Wow, that's fucked up. So yeah, no. The OG. Actually, I called OG. out. This is how big of a tool I am. I, I called out another Star Wars podcast. On Instagram, I think from Haywood Pop. Yeah. Because they jacked one of Super Scoundrel's picks and didn't give him credit. Really? Wow. Oh, yeah. so I, I write in the comments, I was like, hey, man, give the artist credit at Super Scoundrel. That's so <laughs> See, look, there's a lot I of don't people. feel like a dick, though, because that's fucked up, man. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that is I, fucked up. That's not a dick thing to do. That's the right thing to do. And they didn't do, do it on purpose. I mean, they're just like, oh, we figured it was official Lucasfilm art, so we didn't even bother looking. I was like, well, whatever, but... Yeah, but here's the guy. Like, if you like his shit, yeah. Give so him you know, credit, I, so. I know Devin at least came. He's like, "Hey, man, thanks." <laughs> yeah, and look, that's we never aim to steal images or steal artwork. No, I, I refuse here. to like, share yeah. if I can't track down the artist. Yeah, so that's it. all the time. That's what but, we do. Is we me. we look man, to. I'm just a fucking mess. <laughs> <laughs> we look to give credit and honor those photographers that or artists that that make these things. So I mean, again, Phase Runner. At phase underscore runner out there on on IG is a, is a killer, well worth a follow. Next up for me is like Lego Star Wars Tong is the first person that that made me realize that like you can make Lego Star Wars yeah. look just with super those fucking, fucking sunshots, man. I mean that the, the 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 environment that guy lives in produces some of the most amazing sunsets I've ever seen. Yeah, and the the way that he's able to to build these Legos and then make them look to scale as badass as they are like this shot that we have is is a you know a sun a sunset shot with two chicken walkers and at at and then you have some stormtroopers on dewbacks and then you got three ties flying i mean it's a fantastic it's just like 
this shot, I, I'd use this as my computer background. I'd have this as a piece of art hanging on my wall. Lego Star Wars Tong is a true master of the Lego art form. I mean, the guy is an absolute killer. Um, next up, this I feel like is the best piece of art that we have art, like traditional art that we've ever featured. And this is from Marietta Art on Instagram. And it, like, I'm still at a loss for words when I featured it the first time. Both Matt and I were just like dumbfounded and we had no idea how to fucking like describe the shot. And I still don't, but it's, it is an absolutely incredible. Yeah. It's, it's badass. Interpretation. It's the one with, you got like this crazy ass shark faced scout, scout trooper. trooper. Yep. As in the foreground, but in the background, you got other scout troopers kicking Ewoks out of trees. and Yeah, just like the, the It's just amazing. It looks like she's stopped making art and has just gone full on like cosplayer at this point. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, she does. She's got like her own. But she's hardcore. She's got a uh, shock trooper. Yeah, I mean, like set. her the outfits that she has are really fucking cool. Oh, yeah, it looks like yeah, she's been at like concerts and stuff. Is yeah, I mean, but either but way, I, badass artist. Um, I'm sure she'll get back on it, but clearly a huge Star Wars fan, big time cosplayer. Yeah, uh, but I mean, that yeah, that art piece is just fucking pimp. Yeah, it's insane. So, um, next up in the the yearly twelve, of course, is Papa. I mean, this is one of the earlier shots that we shared from Papa, but I feel like this shot just perfectly encapsulates what he's all about. Like he's all about the destruction. And the 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 visceral nature of Star Wars, and this is a shot of uh, of Darth Maul and Darth Vader fighting, where clearly Darth Vader is about to impale Maul on with a lightsaber. I mean, just everything about this shot was really fucking cool. The day that we featured it, from the pose that he's able to get Maul on to the way that he's got the lightsabers positioned, both pulling. Maul's lightsaber away from him and then also sending up Vader's lightsaber to stab through Maul's head. I mean, like, it's great. It's great. So Papa Palpatine, we mentioned him in the last top five. Dude's a killer, and he always has been. So make sure to give him a follow. Um, next up is, of course, our other goat of the Star Wars Time Show. This is Sir Dork. This is, I think this is the first ever shot that we featured in a top five from Sir Dork. And... I mean, it's it's vintage Sir Dork, and you have explosions off in the side. You have water splashing up from one side, and you have oh, these yeah, troopers dude. that are all getting just fucking wrecked here. I just um, I love the tone of it. I, I like how the the lighting's kind of muted, so you're getting that orange glow on the guys, yeah. and then obviously he layered in the splashes. So yeah, I mean Sir Dork. It's is, always good for explosions and particles of any substance. Yeah. I mean, Sir Dork is a good friend of the show, and we I appreciate. Did you get what did, was your picture the the stormtrooper guy surf sledding? Yes, he was skiing yeah, yeah. the skiing stormtrooper. I yeah. put it on my personal Instagram story with like a uh, dashing through the snow. I put it as the caption on it, so it was really cool. That was one of the shots that he recently put up, so he made it into his Christmas cards. Really, really awesome. So. Um, I mean, Sir Dork is, if you don't know who Sir Dork is in Star Wars. I mean, shit, he, anyway. he's like as close as a Star Wars time friend as it gets. I mean, he, he's been on the show, well, twice. was going to be on the show <laughs> three times, but <laughs> him and I kind of had our own show for almost two hours together. But no, nah, Jared's a, he's a, he's good, a good guy. Uh, I love watching his stuff on YouTube. So if you're into toy photography and just kind of learning it from a 
a maverick, a rebel, check him out at Sir Dork seven three zero. Yes. Um, next up, we have one six shooter with this absolutely fantastic Sith trooper shot um, that he released. I think the day that these came out, right? Like he he yeah he got one. Of the, I actually have one now. Uh, he got it at SDCC. Yeah. So were, when you can get them early. Um, we, I mean, we've talked about Trevor a lot on the show. One six has been on the top five multiple times, but like this, this shot is just, it was a really fucking fantastic representation of what we could have seen in Tross and what the Sith trooper is. I mean, like it is a really beautiful figure and he really captured it well. In this well and as expected, they did jack shit. Yeah. They, they died pretty, pretty quickly. In yeah, the shit they, in the movie. they, uh, they're good at flying up in the air when Jaina throws fucking grenades at them. Yeah, that's about it. But um, one six is a fantastic account again. Just make sure to give him a follow. Um, so next up, we have Super Scoundrel again with a yeah. That's this is the shot those guys jacked, by the way. Really, the the Sith Trooper one? Yeah, they're like, wow. well, we thought it was from Lucasfilm. I was like, well, yeah. Look how fucking awesome it is. Yeah, it's like there's a lot of fantastic art out there from from people who should. Or could be working for Lucasfilm and Super Scoundrels, one yeah, of those it's like, guys. I don't, I just, this shot, like, I just want to rub it on my face for some reason. I don't know <laughs> it's, why. It's fucking beautiful. So um, the Sith Trooper rendition with Super Scoundrels' signature style is just beautiful. So, yeah, I love it. And then the last one of the 12 was actually one of the first top fives. It, it, actually, this shot was in the first top five that we ever put out. And this is from Sergeant Bananas. And it's just the sleeping makes sense considering he's like the godfather of toy photography. So yeah, makes sense. Sleeping Yoda from Sergeant Bananas makes our top five. Ah, uh, look and at the a little really guy. Beautiful, That's beautiful. A, a nice little way to end it out there, Nick. So yeah, absolutely. Hell um, of a hell of a segment there on our fan base and the Star Wars fan artist community. Definitely, uh, like we said during our recap of the years that's probably our favorite part of doing this stuff is is are the top five moments and then just doing the weekly stuff on ig so keep at it my friends uh, anything you want to say to close out the year nick or have you said your piece i mean it's been a really fun year for both matt and i and i know that there's like a lot of you know we've both been through a lot of changes and 2019 i'm hoping that 2020 is a bit more stable for me <laughs> uh this year was a bit chaotic um but i am glad to have the star wars time show bros that go every week and and create good content and i'm glad that we have as many uh fans and followers as we do so i'm appreciative for all of you guys out there who listen who interact who you know use the hashtag and everything like that so thank you the, all the greg listening. birds of the world we need you. Yes. The yes. Rust Belt Collectors, we need you. Baron's Black Please. Series. Baron's Black Series. Like I said, everyone knows who they are. Super Scoundrel. Those of you that chat with us, Andy Space has kind of become one of a new one that's always tagging. And we see it. Trust me. We're, we're fans just like the rest of you. That's why we do what we do. And that's why when you interact, it kind of charges us up and keeps us going to provide free content on a weekly basis, multiple times a day. You know what I mean? And you know how you guys can keep on top of that stuff? StarWarsTime.net. Right, Greg? StarWarsTime.net. Don't send me an article from MovieWeb when I posted it on StarWarsTime.net already. <laughs>
<laughs> I'm just kidding, buddy. I'm just I'm just messing with you. I love you. No, but seriously, if, if you're just listening for the first time or if you forget, because, you know, life can get hectic. StarWarsTime.net, daily basis, there will be some content out there. If there's not new content, you can look for old content. If anything, you can find all of our social links there, our YouTube link, and you can get your asses subscribe to the podcasting platform of your choice. We have a wide selection. It's like a Baskin-Robbins, if you will, of podcasting platforms. And we need you. We don't ask for the money, so that's how you help us. By becoming subscribers and commenting and liking and rating and reviewing. Whatever you got to do, do that dance because it helps out the Star Wars Time bros. And remember, if you listen to the Star Wars Time show, the Force will be with you always. (laughs) 